Being a mom is the toughest job there is, and it doesn't come with instructions. So it's okay if you don't have all the answers. We'll figure it out together. This is Mom Brain with Ilaria Baldwin and Daphne Oz. Guys, welcome back to Mom Brain. I'm Ilaria. And I'm Daphne. And today we have David Burka on, who is a bundle of fun. Mm-hmm. He has such great ideas. So he just came out with his book, Life is a Party, um, which is a really fun book. Like if you guys are looking for a cool coffee table book to have, because it's so beautifully photographed, he's got amazing recipe ideas. So like put it like coffee table, but like easy access to the kitchen. Um, but don't put it away with your cookbooks because it's too much fun and you want to look at it again and again. Now, David um, is the husband of Neil Patrick Harris, and they have two children together, and they have given me some great parenting advice over the years. There's so much wisdom that both of them have. I love that they are they are a dynamic of yin and yang. They are very different. David really is the heart of the home, but ultimately, his whole thing is life is a party, and he wants to bring joy into his home, and you can tell. I mean, they're constantly happy, and he's got super happy kids. Um, and that's really how we should all be looking at life. Is life is a party. Let's just enjoy it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but you more. know what they have that we don't have? What? A keg of rose. And they also have a prize chest. <laughs> and a prize chest. I can't t- okay, wait, so guys, cool. you guys are going to have to listen, listen to it. You you won't listen, know what listen, we're listen. About. We're giving away everything. You're going to love it. Here's David Burka. Mom, Okay, and then the other thing we have you do is uh, all our guests introduce themselves. Hi, I'm David Burtka, and I am here to talk about my book, Life is a Party. You can find me on DavidBurtka.com or, you know, on Instagram, DBlicious. And he's a daddy of two. I'll just, you know, put it And I'm a dad of two. And you are the first gay dad that we well, I'm sort of like a mom. Here. I'm like the mom <laughs> like of the, the family. Are you, are you the mom between the two? Yes, for yes? sure. I'm more motherly. For sure. He's more What does that mean? The, what does that mean? Like I'm I'm more of the caring, give hugs, you know. Uh, he's more of the disciplinarian. I'm the one who's you know, usually there every night. You know, he's gone a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm the the primary the caregiver there in in the household. So you could say I'm the the mom. You're the mom. <laughs> However, you and um, this is interesting. So tell tell um our listeners what they each call you guys. So I am daddy. And Neil is Papa. Not cute. Oh, that is mm-hmm. cute. That's good, actually. Then you don't get confused. You're like, right. yeah. Daddy one, Daddy two, <laughs> Daddy David, Daddy Neil. I mean, it's, and how did they pick those names, or how did you guys? Pick we those we names? just did. Uh, I think because um, you know I had taken care of twins before. I was in what a relationship at 24. What? And With I twins met a guy involved? and he met me and his surrogate the same day. And I was like, I'm in love. I'm going to raise twins. Oh, my goodness. And uh, so I cared for these twins and th- uh, up until three, uh, up until they were about three years old. Wow. And I'm st- they're still in my life. They're very, very close to me. They're, I'm like an uncle. Yeah. Um, before it got any weird, uh, we ended up just not working. So I think when I went into this relationship with Neil, I always knew that I wanted kids. So he thought that me being daddy uh, was a better fit than, mm-hmm. and he always wanted to be called, you know, Papa. Because when the kids come home from school, they go, Papa. 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 So so European. That is very, wait, so you, but you weren't scared of going to twins again. You want, did you? No, I wanted boy, girl twins. Wait, can you, can you tell the story about it? Because I know it, but is this, uh, is this out or no? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So tell the story because it's one of the most, so the first day that I met him and go. 
We're at dinner. I know you might not remember, but I remember because <laughs> I was so excited. Which time I feel when we were at the Seinfeld's house. Oh, right, right, we're at the right, 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 right. Yes. We're at the And we're having dinner, set the stage. And then I had just like, I feel like to Alec and I had just started dating or something. Yes, we had just, we just started dating. That's right. Because oh, I have another embarrassing story. We're going to get into it right now. Okay, you know, yeah, this is back 2011. guys. You guys should too. I was constantly traumatized by all these experiences because I didn't know how to deal with anything. So anyway, I'm sitting there and I'm talking to your husband and your husband tells me the story of how it happened with the science and everything and you go. Okay, I go. This is Because I could tell it but I feel like that would be <laughs> it's like... It's your line, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> you go, you go. Uh, Don't mess it up because I will correct you because I remember, I remember my lines. this story. Oh boy. Um, so yes, we ended up wanting to have children and so we, we, you know, we try and tried very hard to have kids and it didn't work naturally. Um <laughs> <laughs> So we had to get science involved. So I took, I, you know, I went to the doctor and I took my best guys, you know, I, in a cup and his best guys in a cup. And we found an, an embryo, uh, not an embryo, we found an egg uh, from an agency. We went to Growing Generations. Or more than one egg, which is how it would work, right? Yes. yes. So same, same uh, DNA from the woman. Mm-hmm. And we, we found this great girl who was in retirement at 23. (laughs) She had done it like one or two times before. And we got her best eggs and we took a couple embryos, uh, took two embryos, one from mine and one from his. See, that's what I love. This is the the point that I want you guys to hear. And that we implanted them into a different different woman, a surrogate. And so then we were hoping for one and two took. But isn't that amazing? So one is genetically his and the other one is genetically his husband and one's a but boy and one's had, a girl and one's a boy and, and one's a so, girl and it's but it's the same embryo and then the same experience of being in the womb and then there you go okay wait I have two questions one is one might, one might be obvious like is it obvious whose child is whose yes okay and the second is but we never got DNA right, testing obviously that's what so I mean so they're both our kids no but, of course yeah. but I just I'm curious if like they if they look different enough that you can tell whose is whose oh, but, yeah. but also given that they technically have at least half different DNA, but shared the womb together. Do they still have that twin connection? Definitely. Really? Yeah. They're really, they have each other's back. They really have each other's back. If I'm yelling at one, one will stick up for the other. Yeah. Um, so they really have that that bond. They never did a twin language or anything like that. Um, I feel like that's rare. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they they've always been a great pal for each other. Always a built-in playmate. That's always been very important to them. Um, now, how how long had you and Neil been dating when you decided that you wanted to have kids together? We were date we were dating for about you know we were we've been together for fifteen years, uh, but we were dating for about seven. Okay. Uh, yeah, and and my mom ended up dying of of cancer, leukemia, and it was sort of we both looked at each other as life is too short. We got to get on this. Let's do it now. Um, so then then you know the kids are going to be going to be nine in, in October. And Crazy. Then, so the another interesting story that I want him to talk about, because I, I think that this is something we all think about with our kids, or many of us think about it with our kids, is that at the beginning, they tried to raise them sort of gender neutral, a yes. little bit more gender, gender neutral. And I remember we were sitting at another dinner while their and their kids are obviously, you know, four, what, four 
I think four years older than Carmen. Yeah, so they Carmen were, was a baby. Carmen baby, was a baby. baby. She and, was just yeah, walking. Exactly. And so she, so, you know, I'm watching like his kids play. And then he was telling me about how they tried to, I remember your son would always wear like a little hat. And, um, and your daughter was like always in these like dresses. Oh, yes. And she, he said, I'm, tr- I'm we're, we tried to raise them gender neutral. And then we like threw in the towel. Yeah, like, we gave was, truck, like, was, like, we just put trucks was- and dolls and whatever in a room and they gravitated. Isn't forward. that funny? Yeah. They come I, out with little personalities intact. And beyond. it's like, and it actually, I don't, it's weird except, you know, we think of it as stereotypical, but it's a gender stereotypical, but it's not, it's like for, for, I think it's actually the, the physical impulse of the muscles. Cause like my son, it's not that he needs trucks or, you know, war toys or like whatever. He just needs physicality. He needs input to his muscles. He wants to be engaged in that way where my daughter is, well, the, the old Philomena and, you know, Nika and, and Gigi are yet to be determined but um philo just wants it's a softer approach to life and i wonder if the the toys become part of that impulse as opposed to like boys just naturally love gi joes which they also do kind of <laughs> i think i think one of the biggest lessons here um and i constantly think about what he was telling me on that night because as i look at my own kids because i just kind of let them have what they want totally. but then i have that whole thing of like oh is it bad that i'm buying carmen barbies and i don't have the, like knowledge to know if what I'm doing I have is a, right. a, a marauding Turkish roots that maybe are coming through. <laughs> no, one of my one of my kids' fascination, one of Carmen's fascinations, is that like you know John Bull, as John she calls Bull. him, John Bull, as she calls your yeah, Daphne's son, has a toy gun. Yeah, and I and she was like, we need to have one of those, and I was like, yeah, no, I don't know how I feel about that. Well, we have these ones that have you know the little suction bullet, like the they're they're the little Nerf bullet things, whatever that you you fire at the wall and they stick to the wall. They're yeah. like a fun little target things. And if you have a target, I yeah, feel like if you have if a target, target if you're, you no, we never shoot it like at other people. never at ne- the face, not pets, never, yeah. not at faces, no, no, no living course. animate object. But I remember Carmen came over and she was like a marksman. She was like, <laughs> she was like, <laughs> I have to say, I have to say, in full disclosure, for her birthday I let her get that bow and arrow but we have the thing and I said to them at the very beginning we have that thing the thing meaning the target um I have I, I said to them I said the moment that you point this at somebody yeah. not shoot it the moment you point it I will take it and I will break it in half and I will throw it in the trash yeah. to understand nice. me. Yeah. And I, know, I know I am the disciplinarian and the mommy at the same time I'm like all of it together wow well, I'm because, impressed. you know, one of the things I love about Alec is he realizes that I... You're in charge. That I'm in charge. <laughs> yeah, I'm in charge, too. Of, of, I, I get it. Of most things, of most things in life. Um, Does but, he say that to your kids that mommy is the, they have the to boss ask, they in the house? They have to ask. They have to come and ask me. Neil says the same thing. Yeah. He's like, yeah, dad, daddy is, daddy's the boss. We all know he's the boss in the house. <laughs> That's good, though. Good Don't undermine it. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want it to be any other way. For you sure. never fight about yeah. it. It's great. And I would never have it any other way. Yes, exactly. It's too much control. Well, kids also learn how to play you off each other then because if you are more likely to say yes about something they'll go to papa oh, and sure. vice versa mm-hmm. um yeah no i i don't know i think well so your kids are nine so what grade does that put them in third they're gonna be so like real homework yeah. real tests real not yet they're getting homework in the middle of the year to sort of get them ready for fourth grade but okay. it's intense it's a, new york schools are no, no joke it's yeah. i grew up in detroit and it was you go to the school that you 
you know, go you to the You pay taxes yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's no joke. I mean, I can't believe the pressures that they're putting on these kids these days. Also, the great fallacy of like when you graduate, when you leave school, that you think you're done with school for the rest of your life. And then you have kids and it's like, no, you're right back at the beginning. And you have to be at every meeting and you have to do the, do the you know, put yourself through the paces again. What's, I mean, I don't even know what math they're doing, but how do you, how That's are you? the thing you, that scares me the most. Yeah. It's all changed, the by the I'm way. Afraid. It's all you have to relearn math, uh-huh. and and you know what? I, to their to their benefit, it's so much easier than what we did mm-hmm. with the carrying the one. It's all number strings where you have to round up or round down and then add on. It's it's crazy, but uh, you're trying to teach math and you're not. <laughs> you're having to reteach yourself. That's crazy. It's crazy. Like we had uh, we had a parent uh, curriculum night, and the teacher had us do math, and we're all like. No, thank oh you. We all clammed up, all all the parents. Isn't that I'd be funny? like, I have to go to the And half of them are in finance probably, and <laughs> yeah, they're still like, get a calculator? Yeah, like, yeah. Get, no joke, get... no joke. Yeah. It's crazy. Oh my God, that scares me. That that really, I'm, I'm so bad at math. So what do afternoons look like in your house? Because I'm also, I'm kind of triangulating towards... You are such a like celebratory person. You just have this wonderful energy around you. I'm curious how you maintain that in a home that is clearly busy, lots of moving parts, lots of normalcy and stability mm-hmm. and just like what everyone does, but also a life that you want to put a lot of like fun into. How do you sure. what do afternoons look like when they get home from school? Well, they do have they have some uh, activities after school. So it's not just uh, although we tried to make it less this semester yeah. coming back into the summer. So, you know, Mondays they have tennis, Wednesdays they have um, they both have a tutoring that they go to. What Thursdays are gymnastics. Uh, my kid on Tuesdays they do D. He's going to be doing D and D. So Dungeons and Dragons is huge right now. Wow. Oh, it's yeah. back. It's back. Really? Oh my gosh! Yes, nerd alert. Oh yeah, big <laughs> time. Completely. Yeah. Big time. Um, so we they try and do you know we try and do things in the house too, activities and art projects and but I'm always usually there for dinner and we're always sitting down five thirty dinner together. Um, I usually cook, throw something together. Um, usually ask them like what they want for. Are dinner. they good eaters? Are they Amazing like they will eaters. try? Okay. Do you They're have incredible. any? great pieces of advice on how you can make your children good eaters. Yeah, I feel start early. Like like try and get baby food that's not you know like a lot of people like Too I simple. never had jarred baby food. Mm-hmm. I never did that. Um and I did have time, you know, I took time off of work when I was, I would go to the farmer's market and I would get fresh vegetables and I would, you know, puree them up with, you know, curried carrot, curry, carrots with curry, peas with mint. And I'd put herbs and I'd put spices in the in the baby food, because at six months they are able to process, especially salt, yeah. and salt brings out flavor, yeah, as you know. Course. So they're at, be able to have a little bit of a little bit of salt in their diet. So I tried to make things different for them, I'll, you know, putting in all these different flavorings, because I think the more bold you go as a baby, the more they're going to eat, and their taste buds are going to be. This is your next book, by the way. Oh well, yeah, we're sort of working this on it already. Awesome. I mean, that's what people want. I think people don't want picky eaters, and yeah. I think the more the more bland you, I there's this great book called Hungry Monkey that debunks all of the rules about how you're supposed to feed your mm, kids. It's Hungry fantastic. It. It's fantastic. Everyone should get it, and it's um it really teaches you that you don't have to do the whole yeah yeah you should. Not feed kids allergy type foods that you know shellfish and peanuts and things like that for a year or two after, but you can feed them both flavors. You can feed them um, lots of different 
uh, spices and herbs to get their palates open because mm-hmm. the jarred baby food, have you ever tasted it? Vile. It's awful. It tastes gross. Well, no wonder they're going to be picky eaters because they're going to want to eat bland food because yeah. they ate bland food their, all yeah. their, their whole life growing up. Or they only respond to sugar. Like, um, right. I, you know, there's there's just so much research around kids needing to be exposed, you know, tw- upwards of 20 times to a flavor before their taste buds actually acclimate. 50. We had it on our podcast. Yeah. 50 times. So, and, and people get discouraged because you put it on their plate once and then twice and then three times and they reject, reject, reject. But... It, a part of it's especially as they get older part of that rejection is just a battle of ego with you like trying to figure out how much you're going to push back and try to force them to do something they don't want to do and for young kids especially food is such a control mechanism it's one thing in their life they do feel in control of so it's frequently where there's contention in the family um but i but i i when i heard that fact i it like gave me so much peace that i was doing the right thing maybe a little bit of torture, but doing the right thing, giving my kids foods that I knew would help their palates develop so that down the line, they would learn to love those flavors and at bare minimum, not be afraid of those new flavors True, and have vegetables be the base of those things. Because I yes. do think they even, I mean, any of those, those preserved um, shelf stable blends, the base of them are sugar and the base of them are, even if the, even if the first ingredient isn't a fruit, which it normally is, the food, in, the food inside those packs is so cooked down and reduced to its, most like nutritionally devoid part that um that you know you do end up with kids who just if it doesn't taste like sweet sugar candy right. then i don't know i don't know how to respond to it um i also feel like people play cake to their kids though too like if they don't if they're gonna have uh you know they just want to eat pasta i know i don't want to with them. butter it's it's fine it's fine but but three days will go by and they'll get hungry right your kids aren't gonna starve no they're not gonna starve and and you know I hate to be on like the fiber brigade, but I I think all the time about so many of American children don't have enough fiber in their diet Mm -hmm. and then they have constipation and then they have like they because because, you know, bland white foods like you just described don't have don't come with a lot of other vegetables or nutrients involved in them. Then you end up with other nutrient deficiencies like I'm I'm a big fan of I will repeat meals. I know my kids like, but I try to make them as healthy as possible just Mm -hmm. because I don't want to have to fight with them. But you're absolutely right. If there there are nights more recent. Recently now with Philo, my oldest, as she gets more sort of, you know, dogmatic in her opinions, where she will push back more and more. And I've had to say, like, that's okay tonight. If you don't want to have dinner tonight, this is what we have on the table. This is what's available to you. I'm not cooking anything else. If you're not hungry, don't eat. You'll you'll eat tomorrow. And it feels horrible. But then the next day, they're like, okay. But they they actually do end up eating. It's the snacking as well. Like my thing, and we we actually learned this here on MomBrain, or maybe you knew it before. I feel like you always know things before. No, I'm always learning here. I love it. Um, that we switch the snack. So sometimes they'll have dinner at like 4.30 p.m. And I'm like, great, you can have dinner now. And then if you're still hungry later, you can have mm. your snack later. And that was something that helped me a lot with him. I remember that getting in right when they get home from school when they're primed and they're hungry and they're right, like, right. they're hungry enough to eat whatever you put in front of them, right. basically. We have the rule that you have to try. We have the try everything. You got to try. You don't have to yeah. like it, but you have to try everything. But did that, do you think that worked when they were younger or that started to get easier as they're older? Food has always been such a uh, celebratory thing mm. in our house. That food I think always speaks a lot food. about you. I think anything with food, dinners, they really always wanted to eat can you give us an example like what's a typical meal in your house or you know how did how do you how do you make a meal a celebration in your house on a on a, on a tuesday on like a regular on day? a tuesday i asked the kids what they wanted to eat today and my son said mushrooms he just <laughs> okay. wants mushrooms i said well what about like mushroom soup he's like yeah sure so i was gonna make go home get some mushrooms make a mushroom soup and a roast chicken 
Nice. So I mean, today's not going to be that big awesome. of a day, but but on on days where I actually feel like putting the effort into really cooking, you will have we'll go. I'll ask them where they want to go around the around the world, and they say Argentina or Thailand, and so I'll make a dinner based around Argentinian food or Thai food, wow. and we'll get the map out and we'll look at the map and we'll say, oh, what kind of things come from Thailand? What are the animals of Thailand? What is the capital? What what are some facts about it? And we'll play Thai music or play Argentinian tango. Or cool. whatever. And it's it's a fun come. it's a fun thing about you know tonight we're going to Argentina and these are the these are you know we're having Argentinian steak with chimichurri sauce and alfajores for dinner for dessert and we're so, so we please don't tell me you make alfajores from scratch for no, dessert no there's like you get <laughs> you the, these like no, crazy get, delicious cookies the, with like dulce de leche in the middle and they're powdered like sugar a it's shortbread like, and you oh. get creme caramel and you put it in oh, it's and make so a, good. it's super super easy to shortcut where it. did your love of cooking come from my parents yeah. it's always been that party atmosphere in my house we've all they've always are you lots of kids in your family or no just just one but we had we had um multiple cousins so my mom had a lot of uh brothers and sisters sort of my dad so we would see each other every weekend so we would go to a christening or a a birthday party or a graduation party whatever it was and we'd always get together and everyone would bring multiple dishes to pass and there'd be tons of food and lots of alcohol and it was always a party so that's how i learned to sort of the love for food and i would watch my parents cook my dad was the grill master and my mom would make stuff and my grandmothers were amazing chefs yeah. or cooks um so it was always it was always a party in our house what was the first meal you made neil i think i made him like a roast chicken or was it <laughs> i don't remember god that's a long time ago i think it maybe was roast chicken or lamb chops or something Ooh. like that something but uh, it worked it Whatever worked. It was, right. yes. it worked. <laughs> well it's funny when i met neil he was you know a creature of habit he ate sushi Subway sandwiches, club sandwiches, and burritos. And that was it. That was it. That's all he ate. And so I took him to his first major dinner. I took him to Gramercy Tavern for dinner. And we had the tasting menu. And he's like, I didn't know food could be like this. And from there, you know, his love of food just grew. Oh, that's so funny. I mean, I think that that's also so incredible, too, to be raising kids and having food. I mean, I think so many people talk about the fight around the dinner table and the drama, and they have bad memories. And this is why I think one of the reasons that people have so many issues with eating is it's just like this traumatic experience. And But to create it as a celebration, and this is so fun, and it's learning experiences, taking us to different places in the world. I mean, that's just, your kids are going to have the best memories ever. It really is the time where we can just sit down no phone policy, absolutely no electronics around the table. Mm-hmm. Um, we put those away. In fact, if if Neil is answering an email or something like that, my son will grab it and say, "You've got to put this away, Papa." I love that. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yes. And and we and we sit down and and we play this game, my day by. And so we each have to go around the day table and say, my day by daddy. And we say, I woke up, I made you guys breakfast, I dropped you off at school, and then I ended up having some meetings, and, you know, I did a mom brain podcast. <laughs> and, you know, it, so that's what I'll do tonight. At, 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 and they'll tell me what they did at school, what they learned, or or what happened with their Spanish teacher, or what, you know, so they are, we're able to have that communication with each other, that dialogue that I think is so important. I think you have, the key to talking to your kids too is ask specific questions. Because if you say how you're, how was your day at school? They're like, it's fine. Good, yeah. Like, how was your Spanish teacher? Did you guys end up uh, dealing with that conflict that you guys had? Like, getting into specifics is what they're really going to be able to talk to you about. Something else that we've been doing recently. So, my grandmother's birthday was this past weekend, and we were sitting. 
My mom's the oldest of six, five of her siblings and all of their kids were here. And it was Amazing. just like it, which I love. I'm so in for the chaos and the fun and like too much food and all of it. But we were sitting around the table and my grandfather said we went around the table and everyone said their memory of their, fir- their their first memory of their birthday. So like when I was five or whatever, you know, so you're on the table and the little kids, what I noticed is they weren't the first to have to answer. They weren't put on the spot, but they were listening so intently to what the adults were saying and sharing. And they thought it was so cool and funny. And you forget sometimes in, you know, sometimes you feel like this forced, this is your time to connect with your kids. Like you got to like get something right. out of them. And you forget sometimes they're trying equally hard to learn about life through you and to get to know you and to hear you tell your story. I remember at, you know, when I was great around, around the dinner table, a lot of the time, if we didn't answer with like an interesting anecdote, you know, how was your day? Again, too generic of a question for mm-hmm. kids to answer. We were allowed to not have anything to contribute and just listen to like a cool adult conversation. And it actually taught us how to get in there and interject and and offer something valuable and fun because we wanted to be part of this great conversation that was happening, not because we felt pressured to have something to say, you know. And I think that that it feels like that energetically shifts in your family, as you said. It's it's um, it's a very specific telling from my perspective of how my day was, and it mm-hmm. and it just the guidelines are there to, and this is how our family connects, which I love. I think it's so That's wonderful, habitual, and and it and becomes a great to tradition. Have, a, have adults that are wanting to hear from you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that that's not always yes. that's not always the case. Adults but to be like my to you. my yeah. daddy wants to know what I did today. Yeah, not he's going to ask me and then be looking at my phone. So is he really actually is mm. inter- uh, listening? Now you said you eat dinner, your kids eat dinner at five thirty, which I do with my kids as well. Sometimes right. as early as four thirty. Do you guys actually do you eat with them? Yes. And then do you not eat again later? Like, yes. or do you eat at five thirty and then that's I it? I try not to. Uh, I've been doing intermittent fasting, which I think Ooh, is so great. Yeah, yes. I'm loving it. Yeah. So nothing. And I'm able to like. After I was eight. able to drop like a lot of weight after mm-hmm. my book because I gained so much weight from my book. Just tasting everything. <clears throat> it, trying. Yeah, tasting, working, tasting, working, working, working it again, <laughs> working it over again, and then having it in the fridge and being like, oh, that's really good. So I'm going to finish the whole thing. Um, <laughs> you don't want to waste it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so. I don't, yeah, I'll eat at 5.30 and then be done at 6.30 or 7 and, and not eat again until, you know, 10, which is great. A.M. The next A.M. Yes. Oh, because I was like. But mm. Neil's <laughs> different. Like, Neil will hours. eat and then he'll, he'll he grazes all day. Like, he'll eat a small portion and then he'll have, like, 10 Reese's peanut butter cups. Mm. He's terrible mm-hmm. at that. Mm. You, so this is, this is our issue because I have read and learned from a pediatrician in so many places it's important not only to feed your kids good things mm-hmm. and have it be fun and everything but for you to actually physically eat with them yeah and some people say you know what give your kids a little bit more time because right now it's like romeo's They're one young. and then i'm like right. trying to feed uh, him and it's like it's and just the like boys a lot. Are the worst oh and the boys everything's getting thrown and like reaching over and forever. pulling carmen's hair um yes no it's all very like there's a lot of stuff going on but one of the ways that alec and i connect is we have dinner together once the kids are sleeping mm-hmm. but it's late, number one. And number two, you don't as much have that experience of I am eating with my children at dinner time, which is extremely important. Now, I don't know if that's something that in the future we'll be able to incorporate more. But like, how do you how do you as a couple stay really connected and have your like you time if you're having dinner with everybody time? I remember when they were little, when they they were eating much earlier. Mm-hmm. They were eating at, you know, 4.30 or 5. Uh, yeah. And then Neil and I, they would go to bed a lot earlier and we would end up having our dinner together. together. Um, but I think when they're so young, when they're one to about four, 
your relationship is just it's awful survival yeah. it's survival it, it survival. really is I think now that they're older we're able to connect together right. um, Neil and I are just like getting back together to like liking each other again yeah. but it's that first I, I know so many couples right now that are getting divorced and they have kids and they're like just stick it out yeah. so how did you how did you weather that storm how did you like what What? what's your relationship advice for people in the thick of that just get through it yeah There's. it's like you said it's survival mode from one to four it's you don't you, you don't realize like oh my gosh what did we do yeah. like I know for the first two years like what did I do my marriage has gone to shit I'm not I'm not connecting with him it's all about the kids the kids are taking up you guys are both disagreeing on parental parental advice so I mean we tried to have the nights out where we would go out together to connect um, or we'd go on a weekend together and, and leave them with the, the family member or whatever do what you can like yeah. <laughs> I don't know I mean you survive it you end up working on it but it's tough yeah how because how, you said you know you're the one at home you're the one who bears a lot of the responsibilities of just like day-to-day life and, mm-hmm. and taking care of young kids how does neil make you feel supported and valued in that role because that's a question we get a lot from we we invite our our listeners to write to us all the time and a lot of what we hear about is i feel unappreciated or i feel like i'm doing all this heavy lifting and it's taken for granted um how do i get my husband to however your love language works, praise me more, show me more love, show me more affection, whatever it is. How did, how did any advice that you have for the ladies? He's great. I mean, he's really great at, at being able to, I mean, there is a constant, like I I need more, I need more, I need more, you know, but he also, he also gives a lot, you Mm. know, saying how great the meal was in front of the kids and how awesome it is that I can throw this kind of stuff together. Um, just uh, praising and being able to be there. I think also the open communication. I mean, being able to say, hey, I know you're out there, you know, working your butt off for the family. And I understand that. And I think if you you give to him, he's going to give back. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that there's that communication as well to say, like, I need more. You need to you need to give me more. Right. If I don't, if you're not getting it, you need to just be honest and open and communicate with your mm-hmm. with your spouse. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, I mean, I learned this from from you, Daphne. The the love languages as well. I mean, I think knowing how your spouse or your partner is needs to be loved, and then knowing for yourself. Like I know that Alec needs very like constant constant being told that I love you I like you I think you're amazing mm-hmm. like he needs that all the time and if not he gets very insecure um, right. we're, whereas we're, I'm we're very married to actors yeah. like, very, I, yeah, I get it yeah. I get it I get it <laughs> that's part of it whereas for me I mean I'm like I'm a little bit more I'm a Capricorn I'm very like alright what needs to be done work wise mommy wise everything wise I'm gonna get it done and, and it can very easily get too focused on other things so he kind of pulls me back into that so I mean I feel like just knowing what you need and having a, a partner who is going to be able to yeah give you that is very important yeah the true very true and care yeah ultimately and, and be aware enough to know that like maybe you're someone who responds more to someone showing you that they love you they don't have to say outright I love you and you're special and you mean everything to me but if they do something for you that means the world being able to 
say that's what works for me, but it doesn't resonate the same way for when I do this for Alec or whatever. I have to say it. I have to be more overt about it. I think that that's that is the growth of relationships that and that is, you know, when you get past the 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 initial, you know, just romance of it all and you get down into the parts where you haven't slept for four years on end and, you know, and you're fried and you're kind of at your most raw and frayed, but also at at that sort of tipping point into like the next level of love and the next stage of marriage. I think it's, I think what gets you there is having the open communication and having the awareness to know like what I need is not always what my partner needs. And how do I, how do I pay attention to that? It's hard. It's hard to see when you're in it too, because there's your, your lack, lack of sleep and you, you yeah. know, your, your spouse it's is doing things, state. Your, 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 your spouse is doing things that you don't like. So it's hard to connect with them. So it's hard to say that it's hard to, you know, sometimes you want to just say, I hate your guts, but yeah. go, you don't or maybe you do <laughs> not for the kids <laughs> but there's very frustrating times but you also have to realize you marry this person for a reason there's the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. you know they're usually doing things not on purpose no one's a jerk on purpose yeah, yeah my dad yeah. loves to say that no it's true <laughs> it's true and i mean i think that benefit of the doubt is a big thing in our house mm. like i need to give him the benefit of the doubt that he's what he's doing is is for the good of the family you know I think most people don't do that. I think the, one of the most important things as well is also just realizing like we're going to ride this storm together. And that's yeah. exactly what you were talking about before. We're going to ride this storm together and I love you. And and one person, one thing somebody said to me as well is loving conditionally versus unconditionally. And you love your children unconditionally. You love your spouse conditionally because you have to show up and be really good. Yeah. That being said, it's not huh. short-sighted conditional, which is how I feel like at the beginning I was like, no, that's evil. I love you unconditionally because that's where you're supposed to mm-hmm. say but to love conditionally like no you have to show up and treat really me well interesting. it's and, a job and, it's another exactly. job it's exactly work. whereas your children it's different because See, that's you're really interesting dedicated. because i think your love for your children is a given mm-hmm. but your love for your spouse takes work it's not you can't just put the effort in for a year and then expect the next 50 to flow by yeah. you know effortlessly uh-huh. and that's something else i i notice that sometimes my siblings are all quite a bit younger than I am, um, all from the same family, but my parents waited a while between each of us. And when I listen to them sometimes talk about relationships for, I don't know at what point in sort of like millennial slash Gen Z education, the idea that relationships took work meant something wasn't working. And that was really interesting to me because I, I, you know, I, I grew up in a very, um, emotional family. (laughs) I'll just say that, Uh, you know, there was nothing wrong with argument. There was nothing wrong with like heated argument. There was nothing wrong with having disagreements and making up. And like that was part of the passion and the love that was there was being able to be each other's best advocates and like most like, you know, ferocious defenders, but also fair critics and like where that sort of negotiation happens. And I thought I think it's really interesting because I do I do think part of the fairy tale we're sold is that relationships, if there's if there's a part that's difficult or it's not working or you're not connecting that like there's something inherently flawed about it and I don't think that's true I think all good relationships have those moments that take more work than others there's some months that fly by and there's some months where you're really in the thick of it and I um I just think it's interesting how you you know how you how you navigate that without think without thinking that it makes your love any less special you know very true I love that. who 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 um who was your biggest like Parent inspiration or relationship inspiration before you became a dad? Relationship and parent. Um, I, you know, I, the parent thing is weird. I never really thought about it. No? 
You seem like such a natural dad. I don't know why you seem like. I guess very my smart. I guess my parents. My dad is a really great dad. Yeah. But there's no guidebook. There's no rule book. Isn't that true? And and we think we're supposed to be doing it one way, and you're doing it all wrong, or you know, you're doing it the way you're supposed. You're doing it. And 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 there's no. I wish there was a book that said this is the way you should do it. Mm-hmm. But every kid's different. Every parent's different. Um, my dad was really great. I think my dad um, was just fun with us. Really, really fun with us. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of someone to look up to, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> you know what? I, th- I tell me if you, if I'm wrong in pegging you. I feel like you're somebody who's very dynamic and very fluid in terms of like here's a situation and I am going to see it and I'm going to deal with it in the moment. Where you're not somebody who's like maybe you have your moments where you have to be very strict, but it's like hey, I'm gonna I'm not going to obsess about it too much because it's just going to all come together. Am well, I right? Yeah, I try. I'm, I feel like I'm a little too emotional with my kids though too. I mean, Neil's very pragmatic and very analytical with them, which it makes us a good a good mm-hmm. couple um but i feel like sometimes i'm way too emotional with them what does that mean just just uh fiery like you know how many times you have to say to put your shoes on and like just get your shoes on <laughs> no, yelling but that's at just being a parent Are you i a don't Virgo? think so i do you know, i'm a gemini we're both gemini i was gonna say gemini i was literally like is he a gemini is we're he both gemini's gemini? and the kids are both, both gemini's oh sweet oh my gosh that's we're insane both gemini's oh my you God, never know what you get right that's so crazy but we're very parent so gemini means you two completely different personalities my dad's a gemini too and it's like you you feel with your dad yeah yeah well my dad's my dad's like he was again he was in medical school when I was born like so he was one of those people who when he was around with all the kids he he actually thrives in like the mania of it also he would rile yeah. us up he would be the one that was like making us crazy and, and my mom was like what the hell like, what are you doing um, but it was so funny because you know we could push and push and push and push and there would be no breaking point he thinks it's hilarious and then all of a sudden it was like Boom. And it was yep. like, oh my God, who, you know, and you don't, and you don't know when it's going to happen. It was, and it was just like, and it was, it's, it's part of what allows him to be, I think, to be this like super serious, diligent surgeon, like, you know, cerebral brain, whatever in his space. And also this super fun loving, like easygoing, silly kind of goofy guy. Like it's just, they're two completely different brains that govern this one person. That's but so that's funny. Well, I, I guess I, Rafa's a, Rafa's a Gemini, I guess. But well. he has, I feel like he's super sensitive, but he's also like, Oh no, he'll be, he'll be, he'll be really sweet. And then he'll be like, you're so stupid. And I'm like, Rafa's stupid. <laughs> I guess I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So I do, I do have like two things that I really, really want to ask. One is more personal. And then I, I want to talk about your book as well, oh, because okay. I, I love it. Um, so the first one is, you know, being being a gay couple and having kids um, and 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 having kids in this more modern way where they are biologically yours um, and not going through adoption, which is mm-hmm. what what um, everybody used to and still do. But yeah. it's just, you know, yeah. this is a little bit this is more cutting yeah. edge technology that we're doing here. What um, is that conversation that you have with your kids? Are your kids just this is this is normal, so it's just fine, or is it something that you guys consciously talk about? Yeah, I don't think they know uh, anything different. Mm-hmm. They know they came from a surrogate. They know we needed help. Mm-hmm. Uh, they know they haven't met. They met the surrogate a long time ago, but we don't keep her in our life. Right. You know, yeah. it was more of a business transaction. Right. Yeah. Um, and if they want to meet the DNA of their their the, the of the egg they're uh, probably will get a you know private investigator when they're 18 or something like that but i don't kids that i know that have gone through this don't really ask yeah. they yeah. really don't they're they've got two dads and this is the way they were raised and this is this is it 
Because um, I always wonder, you know, as we're raising our kids, regardless of what our home life is, regardless of where we live, there are the people who come and really want to push diversity on all different, whether it's religion, sexual orientation, mm-hmm. race, whatever it is. And then there's the kind of people who are like, it is just what it is. And right. most kids, you know, my my um, children have a lot of gunkles, as we call them, gay uncles. They have a lot of gunkles. <laughs> um, we call them altios. But, um, but they, you know, one point my daughter asked um, my, one of my best friends, she said, um, Tio Dani, like, where's your princess? And this is just, she just started seeing uh-huh. uh, Disney. Where's your princess? She's like, I don't have a prince. And she, knew, she knows very, very well his husband. I married them. Um, and she, he said, I don't have a princess. I have a prince. And she said, I'm pretty sure you're supposed to have a princess. And he's like, nope, nope. And she's like, oh, okay. And that was it. Yeah. That was the that was only it. conversation that w- that has ever come up in terms of that. And everything else is just given. But then, you know, you see other conversations with people where you really have to, like, drill it in. Yeah, and- I think that's because they don't know any different. You know, they, they're not... They've never met a gay person or a gay couple. Like, my kids have never asked, where's my mommy? Why don't right. I have a mommy? Right. They've just been happy with two dads. Yeah. Because that's, that's all they know. That's all they know. Because life's a party. You totally. Segway. Segway. Segway to the bug. <laughs> um, so, so life is a party. So, it is. So David write, wrote this book that I have it's in gorgeous. my home. And it's beautiful. It has beautiful um, pictures and really, really yummy recipes. What's your favorite recipe from it? Oh, um, <clears throat> it depends. It's, 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 it's saying like, what your, what's your favorite For child? Tuesday night. For Tuesday night, yeah, uh, roast chicken's great. With I'm doing that again. There's no mushroom soup in there. By the I, way, there's a you. You just you said you were like it's not going to be so so difficult. It's going to be just mushroom soup and roast chicken. I'm like I know how to cook neither. <laughs> one of those. Okay, I'm just going to be silent over here. About there's it. a there's a really great uh, steak recipe that's a porcini rubbed ribeye mm. that's really great. Those are really great. Yes, these really apples, super stuff. great for the fall right now. I know we have um, bats on this. The kids love those. The kids and baked apple. Just, there's something so comforting about that. Mm. And the warm like streusel mm-hmm. topping and right, you, and you can feel put it so in. You can make it. it on Sunday and put it in the fridge for for the week, and you can pull them out during the weekday. Yeah, for breakfast. Um, who are all your friends? Are these extras that you got no, to those stand? Are in all my friends. <laughs> They're like really it's fun Lady party Bunny. scenes. I love it's Lady Bunny. Bunny. I love what's Lady Bunny. Lady Bunny. She's is a famous amazing, drag queen. Oh my! What? I'm, why am I not invited to these parties? <laughs> I want to go. So I, I threw all of the parties. There's sixteen parties, and I threw eight of them. And and all of the all of the guests are real. All the food is real. So it was just a. I had my friend photographer Daniel Levitt, who's an amazing photographer, was a fly on the wall, and she just took photos while we partied you have to blow this one up in particular huge and just have it in your like foyer oh something oh my gosh okay oh and we and also amy newsinger shot the cover i did yours with amy she's she did all the food uh, she's amazing she's amazing she's amazing um and such a such like the best woman ever to if you are going into like an eight-day shoot with someone you want her by your side she's incredible i have heard that you guys have a Rose wine kegerator in your front hall. Is this is true? true? It is true. Oh my gosh. Where did you hear that from? It was a it was a factoid shared with me. It was actually when Neil was on the chew, I Hilarious. I think Clinton got it out of him and he was like, I hear that this exists. And that there's a treasure drawer, like an old apothecary. I swear to God, I'm not like in your house. Like, you know, you should come over. You should both come over. Like, don't offer Bring the children you don't our playrooms insane. So fun. So but but there's like this old pharmacy kind of dispensary thing uh-huh. and each drawer has a little special something yeah well in it. You, if you've so never been to the fun. house before 
drawer, you there's a guest book. So if you sign the guest book, you get to pick a drawer. And there's 60 drawers. <sighs> so they're all filled with some really great prizes and some clunkers. <laughs> and oh, so there's some also some secret secret drawers that have like a hundred dollar bill. I was saying they're cash like drawers. Yeah. Like, so you get to so pick a drawer fun. and kids love it. I of mean, the kid, my kids are like, what's yeah. in the drawer now? <laughs> like don't touch the drawers. Do you just constantly put things in the yeah. drawers? Yeah. Oh, I want to be you when I come That's back so in my fun. next I know. life. You're when I so grow much up. fun. I know. Oh my it's gosh. A fun, we have a fun time. We really do. There's a lot of interesting little fun um secret doors and art that does things and and it's a it's it's a it's like a fun fun house oh my god it's a really good time i love that so we do something on mom brain called favorite things oh boy so what is something that you're really into right now i have to say i was just in a party a 50th birthday party in vegas and this is it's kind of strange but it's called breathe and there are these vitamin b um they're like vapor pens and you suck it in like it's like it, it breathes it's steam like Dave's though, right? Like, yes, 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 yeah. yes, steam. But it's it feels like you're doing something illegal. Like it's <laughs> pot related. Your vitamins. But it's your vitamin B, B shot That's vitamin. So and it, crazy. I, it literally gives you a surge of energy. It's fantastic. It was in the gift bag at, at our hotel when we got there. Oh, how and fun it, is well, that? It's fantastic. And that's like the first thing that came to my mind. Um, but it's a vitamin B pen that you suck on and it brings out I think that's our most interesting favorite thing we've ever had it's just on my brain it's on my mom brain because he's still high from it I like it I like it no but try it it really gives you it's wild now the question is can you find it on Amazon (laughs) maybe don't buy anything we can't find on Amazon that is the truth if it's not on my one trick pony website then I don't know if I'm gonna be able to so good thank you so much so fun Okay, so that was David Burka. I feel like he gave us so much to think and meditate on in the best of ways. Um, I, I, first of all, I just love his energy. He is such a, you can just tell he's such a fun dad. He clearly, you know, sets structures for his kids, but structures where they can succeed and ways for them to have fun and explore their, you know, emerging personalities. Um, raising twins, I'm always curious about that. How do you give? Each child or raising kids who are close in age, how do you give each child their own lane and their own way to have fun and explore and discover who they are? Um, Also, uh, clearly, it creates a lot of work for him. And he is, you know, I can only, you know, listening to him talk about shuffling back and forth and getting every kid to their their different appointments and all the stuff. But but always managing to make it home and have this 530 dinner where they sit down as a family and they, um, you know, they eat something homemade. Again, it's a passion of his. It's something that he makes a priority of because it's something that, um, you know, for, for him creates the home. But I love that idea that they eat early. I mean, how much healthier is that than, you know, ultimately what I feel Alec better when I, I eat, or when I eat yes, early. Yes, you yeah. do feel better when you eat early. You're not, you know, eating and then going and pass out, um, which is really not good for you. So, you know, in the next handful of years when, when my children can all feed themselves um, and I don't have to, like, chase them, it's the running away from the table and I have to, like, go grab them and, and wrangle them back. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to all of these fun things and I am going to go and steal David and he is going to come and make a party at my house. <laughs> <laughs> the parties looked fun. Oh, my God, I, so I much fun. 
and you guys have to you guys have to flip through this book. I mean, you know, I mean, obviously, some a lot of this is for is for these pictures, but they did host these different these different parties, and and they're just these two people, these two men. They're such a fun group. They are they they have such close friends. People truly truly love them um, because they are these amazing forces and really positive energy. And who would not want to be around that? Now it's time for our favorite things. Now it's time for our favorite things. Oh yeah. So my favorite thing this week is go macro macro bars. I love them. I right now I go through different phases, but right now I eat one every single morning for breakfast just because like you know, I am so busy getting the kids ready off to school, me, you know, getting off to work that I don't have time to really sit and enjoy my meal. And I will like eat snacks here and there. But I when I want to sit down and have a meal, I really want to be present for it. Um, so I'll, you know, get up in the morning and then through so many different crazy activities are going on. I'll grab one of these Go Macro Bars. I My favorite flavor right now is peanut butter with chocolate in it. And it's kind of fun to be able to eat chocolate in the morning. Um, it's organic. They have got really great ingredients. My kids absolutely love them too. So it's kind of nice to have these bars in the house. Um, and again, it's just, it's easy. It fills you up. And then, you know, later on in the day when I can sit down and really have a meal and be present for it, I, I go and do that. I love that. Um I'm, I'm going back to beauty this week. One of my favorite things, um, you know, my makeup kit, it, it's funny. It expands. It shrinks. I want to pare it down. I get obsessed with a new product. I, I'm the product junkie. Nothing makes me happier with beauty than being able to just, like, play with product and try new things and see what makes it easier for me um, to, you know, put my face on. And I'm obsessed with the NARS Velvet Matte Lip Pencil in the color Dolce Vita. It is like, for me, it's this wonderfully creamy formulation. I use it. I don't need to have a lip liner then if I don't have one in my bag. I just sort of like a little bit overline my lips. Um, People were asking me on my Instagram if I'd had my lips puffed. And I have not had them puffed because I'm still breastfeeding. But there's a time that will hopefully come soon when I might do that (laughs) because I really like the look. But in any case, I haven't been doing it. Um, I just have been like gently overlining my lips and I kind of blur with my finger a little bit. It creates an incredible illusion. illusion. I know. That is one of my favorite things. You just go slightly over. Just like, not like drawing outside the lines, just like along the line a little. (laughs) (laughs) Tabby's like, I've been wanting to talk to you about that clown look. (laughs) Even doing it, I need to stop. Failed way of telling you. (laughs) Stop doing what you're doing, Eli. It looks funny. No, I love it. I'm almost. This is a crazy analogy, but you guys will totally get it if you live in you know a cold area. When your lips get chapped and they just look a little bit bigger than they because they're just like the rim is a little bit is a little bit broader. Um, anyway, so I overline a little bit with this pencil and the color Dolce Vita is like this dusty rose. It's moisturizing. So it, your lips don't like it, it doesn't feel kind of tight the way that a lot of matte lipsticks can do, but it's not shiny. So it's still I think it's a very like chic and sophisticated look. And then I do just a lot of mascara and a little bit of under eye concealer, some blush and call it a day. So check it out, ladies. My new favorite lip obsession is Dolce Vita from NARS in their velvet matte lip pencil. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Do not forget. Please rate, review, subscribe. Send us an email, mombrainpod at gmail.com. Check us out on YouTube and tell your buddies about us. And Instagram. And Instagram. But you guys know that we're Instagram obsessed. We're on there all the time. Um, And most critically... 
Tell us what you love. Tell us what you don't love. Tell us who you want to hear from because mom brain is expanding. Don't tell us too much of what you don't love because we're very sensitive. Uh, we're not, well, constructively. Constructive, we want to learn. We're like here ni- to learn. Nice, we're niceness, here to grow. Niceness. Just be like, all like, like, like with my lip liner, you know, just like, <laughs> just be like, you know, what it would be great is if you don't do that anymore. <laughs> um, yes, we will see you next time for another loopy day. Bye, guys. This is Mom Brain with Ilaria Baldwin and Daphne Oz. Mom Brain is a Gallery Media Group original production.